You're listening to Leah and Alana watch The X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. I'm Leah. I'm Alana. It feels to me as though we're really flying through season two. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, we're, I- we're, we're not. We're going at a normal pace, but um, it feels like it's flying. I think, you know, we're just perceiving time differently now that we're in a routine. Yeah, I guess. I guess that could be it. Like every week, I think we're like two episodes behind what we're actually at. I'm like, this is episode four, um, but it's not. It's like seven, seven or something, maybe eight. I think it's seven. No, it's eight. Wow. Okay. So point proven. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, I should start writing down the episode number instead of just the titles. Well, what's, what is this episode's title? It's One Breath. I mean, this episode for me is just full of so much that I don't really know where to begin. Um, I, I'll, I'll start with this. The opening scene is so weird. Um, it's like a flashback of Scully as a child with her siblings And it's her mom doing a voiceover telling this story about Scully being a tomboy. And I started this episode thinking that I remembered it because of the description. And being like, I have never seen this before in my life. Uh, (laughs) What the fuck is going on? But I, it was just the beginning part that I guess, I don't know, I blocked out. Um, You know, Scully like shoots a little snake and then, and then cries about it. Um, which is very sweet, but it was just all just so bizarre to to see, I felt like. Oh, it was extremely bizarre. And for quite a lot of the time of this first scene, I had no idea what I was watching. Because it it starts on like a shot where we're like going through the clouds and we hear a woman's voice narrating. And it feels very dream like very odd it then like changes to the woods and then we kind of get the sense that they're talking about Scully although I will say her mom who ends up being the narrator uh refers to her as Dana and it did take me a second for it to click and be like oh they're talking about Scully but the very (laughs) beginning like the way that they start this is very strange and I had no idea if I was watching a dream if I was watching a flashback if I was watching like some type of experimental thing and then when it finally reveals that it's Scully's mom talking to Mulder I was like oh that's even weirder why did they do it why did they show us this strange sequence when it's literally just Scully's mom talking to Mulder I have no clue and like why is she just why are they they're just hanging out and she's just like telling stories about young Scully? I guess so. Which <laughs> like I the guess whole thing is so weird. Like, and I would say, like, oh, maybe that's kind of sweet that they're just like meeting up to talk about Scully and to kind of like process what's happening with her being missing together. But then 
at the time that Mulder is there, Scully's mom gets her headstone delivered. Like she's made a headstone for Dana Scully and gets it delivered. And Mulder is like, it's too soon for this, to which I would have to agree. Yeah. She's like, let's just, let's just fucking do it. Let's just go through the process. Like, I, you know what? I need to do it this way. And, and, and I'm mourning now. Like, (laughs) yeah, I'm tired of wondering where she is. Let's just say that she's dead so we can be done with it. Yeah. And I mean, Mulder's right. It, It was in fact too soon because, you know, just moments later we receive a call. Mulder you know, lying awake on his couch because he doesn't sleep anymore. He is watching porn. He's 100% watching porn, just like laying there awake, not masturbating, just Just watching it. We can hear it. We're like, we don't see it, but we know he's watching porn because we can hear it. Yeah. Just like laying there, enjoying a nice adult film, but um, primarily focusing on on the cinema it seems i think that has to be like i'm trying to get inside Mulder's head and i don't know whether this is a sign of like major depression i feel like it has to be like the idea of just watching porn just like listlessly laying on your couch watching porn not even interested really in what's happening you just like put it on because you want something to watch <laughs> i i i don't think that speaks to a a well mental state no not even not even a little bit i mean <laughs> he's just like you know it's comforting the, the sounds are comforting um I mean, that must be what it is. That must be why he's watching it. It's the only thing I can think of. Like, I don't don't get it, but you're right. He is not a well man. Um, And that is just so clear to us at this, at this moment in time. Yeah. He's like, kind of like rolled away from the TV almost, but like he's awake, but he's like, not even (laughs) looking. (laughs) It. It makes me, it reminds me that, you know, the last time that we saw Mulder in the last episode that we watched, he had sex with this vampire lady and then she committed suicide to kill the actual vampires. And now this is just where Mulder is emotionally, you know, like Scully's mom has her headstone made up he's dealing with the death of this woman that he just slept with who he had kind of a a weird intense connection with so now he's just laying on his couch watching porn barely even registering that it's happening but choosing to put it on yeah it's it's upsetting (laughs) I'm upset on on various levels. And again, I have to wonder whose creative decision was that? Like, you know, was Chris Carter like, I really think Mulder would be watching porn in this moment. Did one of the writers suggest that? Was it David Duchovny? Like, who is turning Mulder into this person? Yeah, I don't 
you know, and it's like they've kind of had moments before. Like there's been like a handful of other kind of porn references, but mostly just like in dialogue. And then, of course, we have his lovely bikini and power tools calendar that we saw um, when they reopened the X-Files, which isn't necessarily porn, but it's porn adjacent and definitely. I think it, I, I think it classifies as porn. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I guess like it's something, it's the type of porn you can hang up in your office, but I, it's. Apparently. I, <laughs> it's explicitly sexual. Do you think Scully hated that, that that was the calendar? Like, she used that office, too. I assume she had to have hated it. I mean, I I just can't imagine who Scully is looking at that calendar and being like, that's endearing. I guess it is kind of like, it shows us that even though he and Scully worked together like that was very much his office space and even though she basically shared it with him like they never put like a desk in there for her like there was never any real inclusion of her in this joined space because Mulder was used to working alone and he stayed that way I guess and in in terms of decoration at the very least Sure. Well, you know, I thought that the the office always looked different, which you told me it didn't. But I still personally feel like I don't have a sense of the landscape of this office. Uh, but I do know that that calendar's in it. Yeah, which is, you know, really all that matters at this point. Okay, well, Mulder's watching porn. The phone rings. Guess what? Scully's body has been... I don't know, dropped off at a hospital? Scully's in the hospital. And no one can tell us how the hell she got there. This was crazy. Because when I read the description of this episode, which said Mulder is convinced the government was responsible for Scully's disappearance or something like that, I assumed... And not even just from that description, but just from, I guess, what I assumed about the plotline in general would be that Mulder would be like on the hunt for her. He would be actively chasing down leads. We would see him looking for her. And we honestly never do. There's like, we don't see him doing anything to find her. And then she just appears, him having done nothing. Yeah, it's. (laughs) she just she's just there but I guess it's kind of like even if we had seen him searching for her like he wouldn't have found her like that feels pretty clear to me he wasn't gonna find Scully like whoever had her was not you know it wasn't gonna be like oh no Mulder came like they orchestrated it so well Specifically to fuck with Mulder, kind of. Really. Yeah. I mean, nothing else about her reappearing makes sense. Like, if they wanted her dead, 
why would they bring her to the hospital? And I know like from, you know, what happens in the episode, they're clearly assuming that there's no way that she can survive, but why bring her back at all? Yeah. And I think, I think it's because maybe whoever took her and experimented on her and brought her back knew that she could survive even though the doctors can't seem to figure it out the doctors know literally nothing in this episode it's kind of infuriating they have absolutely no answers the only information we get about Scully's health is from the fucking lone gunman right but I guess I assumed the doctors were also in on it they might be It's kind of hard to say who's in on what in this fucking show. Yeah. Well, I trust no one, so I don't trust the doctors. That's a good call. That's definitely a good call. Okay, but I really need to talk about uh, when Mulder shows up at the hospital and the anger that he has when he sees Scully... He just like freaks out trying to find out what happened to her, who brought her to the hospital, how she ended up there. Um, And he really loses it in a way that we haven't seen before. And it's extremely intense. Um, And even in the next scene when he, so in, in the hospital, he's like screaming and they kind of like carry him out but then in the next scene he's sitting down with Scully's mom and the doctor and he's quiet but he's literally scowling the entire time like he's so angry and you can just feel it radiating from him yeah he is livid in both of these scenes like yeah in the second scene he's composed himself but like only to the point of like you know he's like a boiling pot like he's just like any small thing probably could have caused him to start screaming at this doctor again uh he (laughs) i love the scene where he's screaming at everyone it's like i mean it's very intense but like very uh enjoyable to watch because he's just he's really going for it Oh, it's so good. David Duchovny is so good in this episode to the point where I was like, did he get nominated this season? And if so, was it this episode they submitted? I mean, he really pulled out a lot of different emotions that we don't really get to usually see him explore. Uh, You could tell that. I mean, yeah, he was he was seemed to be actually feeling his emotions instead of just, you know, being numb as we've seen him in maybe the past two episodes. Right. And especially with his anger in this scene, he commits to it so hard. Like there's angry and then there's like a level above that. And that's where he's at. It is, it is truly bizarre to me how i mean i guess like you said maybe the doctors are in on it maybe they're lying but like even if they were in on it and lying come up with something better than we don't know how she got here like it almost feels like if they're in on it they would have had a real answer that would have just been a lie because just saying 
oh, we don't really know who brought her here or how she got here. She was just suddenly in the hospital. Like, what kind of hospital is this? Yeah, that's true. And I guess hearing you say it makes me think that, like, well, I guess maybe she was just in the hospital. Like, if aliens took her and brought her back, maybe they really did just put her there. We just put her there and, you know, she's in a coma. They can't tell how long she's been in this state. They don't know why she's in this state. Mulder was, like, requesting that they get trace evidence from, you know, her skin or her clothes. And they're like, ooh, we've already bathed her. Um, Which was, you know, how how quickly did they bathe her? <laughs> I- <laughs> Seems like they probably called her family pretty quickly, but you know, whatever. It wasn't there also something, and this isn't directly related, but when the doctor is talking to them now, I seem to remember the doctor saying something like, well, because we weirdly don't have Scully's uh, medical history, we can't tell if there was like a pre-existing condition or something. Yeah, they do, which I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I have no idea. I thought I missed something. I was like, why like, don't we don't have it? We don't have her recent medical history. And it's like, did you like just not call her doctor or like. <laughs> right. They clearly know who she is at this point. They've contacted her family. So what's stopping you from getting it? Yeah. It, I don't. Scully just didn't go to the doctor for years. <laughs> Maybe she didn't. Seems unlikely. As she is a doctor, but who's to say, really? We do meet um, Scully's sister in this episode. I was just going to bring her up, Melissa, because I feel like this is like a huge thing that we're learning. Because not only does Scully have a sister, which she's not mentioned before, or at least in season one when she talked about her family... When her dad died, she only talked about her brothers. Um, But we see Melissa, and it's not explicitly said, but Melissa is kind of a psychic. Like, when we meet her, she has her arms over Scully's body, and she's saying that she, like, senses her there. And that Scully told her uh, just then to call Mulder Mulder instead of Fox. So she's kind of a psychic and I found it very surprising that this would be new to Mulder because like you have a person like Mulder who believes in, you know, the paranormal and aliens and all this stuff. And then Scully, who is this very scientific person who doesn't really believe in that stuff. You think she would have mentioned to him like, oh, oh yeah, my sister's into this stuff too. But it doesn't seem like she ever did. I feel like she didn't want to like fuel him. Um, I think, I think a couple things. I think maybe she, yeah, she just didn't want him to know. Maybe she thinks it's weird that her sister is like this or, you know, has felt strange about it or maybe she thought if he knows my sister's like this he's gonna have a crush on her instead of me because they'd bond over their spooky shit and I don't want that to happen and so she was like I'm just never gonna I'm never gonna tell him 
I hadn't considered that, but I think that's a fair concern because I have a crush on her sister. I love her sister so much. She's so hot. She's also so cool. She clearly is a real psychic, but she's also just like, she's very honest and she says what she feels and she's just like, I loved her. Yeah. She's an incredible character. Her fashion is great. She's wearing like a choker and a very cool dress. Um, What I did find interesting was that Mulder doesn't seem to like, like her or believe in her whole psychic thing, which was, I found incredibly annoying. I was like, Mulder, what the fuck? Yeah. He's like, not in for it at all which is surprising but maybe he has a thing specifically against psychics because the last time we saw a psychic on the show and maybe i I could be wrong but maybe the only other time we saw a psychic on the show he also did not believe in them yeah which is just it's just strange the you know things he decides to you know, not believe what he, what he is against and what he is for. I like, did something happen? Did he see a psychic and, and they were wrong? Like <laughs> what, what went wrong in his life that led to him believing in everything and anything. But when it comes to psychics, not for him. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, the explanation is he just has a lot on his mind in this episode, and he's not fully present, but he doesn't really seem to have any surprise or questions about Scully's sister being who she is. Like, you would think he would uh, maybe investigate that a bit more, but it's really, like, he he's not concerned at all. He's not, and I guess he's probably also just, like, scared to believe in what she's trying to tell him because that would give him like some sort of hope that maybe he's just like not able to have looking at like the situation as it is because she's you know like oh she's she's here she told me this and he's like I can't I can't be hearing that like she's not here and I can't think of it that way um, but I'd like to talk more about when, um, Melissa is kind of, you know, feeling Skelly's energy and kind of shows or is like trying to get Mulder to do it with her. And then they show us like, I guess Scully's perspective and Scully is like in a boat. And it's tethered to a dock and they're on the dock. Because I think that, first of all, I think it's great imagery. I think it's a nice way of showing, like, oh, she's here, but she's just kind of, like, over there. But it's also so weird. (laughs) I think it's super weird. I agree with all of that. (laughs) I thought it was great. Um, I thought... Scully being in this boat dressed in black and the boat being tied to the dock was like a really cool metaphor. Like she's hanging on, but she's also like close to being untethered, Mm -hmm. which I liked. And yeah, you can see um, Mulder and her sister on the dock. So she like sees them, but she also, she's not having any kind of like emotional 
or outward reaction to them. She's just kind of like stone faced looking at them. So she's just observing. I just want to say, while I do think this conversation about the boat is more important, they show Scully laying in the hospital bed and her boobs look insane. Okay. I'm so glad that you said that because when I was watching it, I literally almost took a screenshot and texted it to you with like, what is going on here? And I decided against it because I was like, am I just insane? And no. I think this looks insane. But it's it, like, insane. it looks insane. I don't even know how to describe it. They look fake is what they look like. They look like there's something under her gown that is yeah. not real. It's like they've stuffed a bra. And, like, they they look huge, first of all. They're, like, mountainous. And they're, like, lumpy. <laughs> it's so weird. It's not, it's not boobs. You know, almost, I'm almost positive that it's not a human woman. Um, but I don't know what they did. <laughs> I don't know why they would have done it, either. No, there seems to be no logical explanation for doing this. I just don't get it. Like, it's not even like, it's like, oh, Jillian Anderson was pregnant. Her boobs are just like bigger now. It's like, they're not, they're not boobs. They're not. They just like, don't look real. And I have no sense of whether they... I assume they filmed this after she gave birth, right? Like, I think so. Because she is mostly in this episode, she's just laying and she's not talking at all. Or she's like sitting very still and not talking at all. So there's a part of me that was like, maybe they just filmed her scenes before she went on her pregnancy leave. But that doesn't really make sense because there are like people who are like acting around her. Um So it's probably after she gave birth. I guess the only thing that I can think of is that they put something there in case she was lactating, but that it doesn't make sense because that I think you could just use like some type of specific bra for that. That's not like creating a fake mountainous. (laughs) I I don't even know what to call it. Either it's really upsetting. It's so odd. Part of me was like, do I not know what boobs look like? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm I'm missing something. <laughs> Just start Googling images. You're like, what is, what are boobs? <laughs> I swear I knew. <laughs> this is a very small thing that I wanted to point out, but Mulder goes home and he puts an X in his window and then he lights it up with a green light. So it's like projecting out, which he's doing to contact whoever his, you know, informant friend is that we've seen whose name I, I still don't know. I don't think that we've learned his name yet, but I thought it was interesting because when he used to contact deep throat, he would just put a blue light in his window but now he's doing the X, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it is a small thing, but it's also a big thing in a way. Um, 
you know, we have like some sort of symbol occurring here, which is, I kind of was like, did they discuss it? Cause he's like, you know, his informant doesn't respond, doesn't come. He doesn't hear from him. And I'm like, well, did you guys talk about the, and like, is he on your street? Like, why would he see it? Was he supposed to come over? Like, it just seems like an interesting, like, agreement. Um, but anyway, and yeah, I feel like I want to tell you more information than I know now. But maybe I'll wait and we'll, I'll just see. I'll just see what happens next with their relationship because I kind of don't remember. <laughs> like, I remember some of it, but not the specifics of um, what I'm thinking of. Okay. Well, I'll just wait. I do think, though, like, to your point that it's an odd thing, is that, like, yeah, it's a symbol and we associate it with the show, but also it, it did strike me as fairly obvious. Like, if there's anyone else from maybe, you know, the bad side of things who is keeping an eye on Mulder, him putting an X in his window is so extremely obvious. Like, we know he works for the X-Files. Of course that's what that means. Yeah, put a different letter, Mulder, okay? Like... <laughs> This is, like, spot on, and everyone's going to fucking know. Like, it's like, no wonder he didn't come by. Like, Okay, so you mentioned the lone gunman already. Um, but at one point in this episode, Fro Hickey shows up to the hospital in a suit with flowers for Scully. And just knowing the creepy things that he's said in the past, and also that Scully doesn't really know him and hasn't really been around him all that much, um, I, I won't say that I loved it. Yeah, I mean, when you first see him, you're like, dude, what the fuck? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a little jarring, a little upsetting, a little questionable, but he really came in to steal her chart so that they could look at it. Um, and Mulder like goes with him and, um, it seems like perhaps that was his mission. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, he does, whether he specifically came to do that or not, I don't know. Like he looks at her chart and then he's like, Mulder, this is weird. And then he takes it. So I guess I don't know that he came with the idea to steal her chart or if he thought of it while he was there. And I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about him. I enjoyed the lone gunman in this episode and I'm glad that we're seeing more of them and I'm getting to like understand who they are. Just knowing how gross Fro Hickey has been in the past about Scully, him showing up in such like a, a flourish, a, such a display made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I think they're trying to like play up his personality in some way by doing this. Like, you know, like this, he's wearing like a full suit, <laughs> like not like a casual work suit, like. A black a tie talks yeah. like, <laughs> um, 
And I think they're just trying to make him more of like a goofy character by doing this. Um, but like I said, my experience of him in later seasons is less creepy, but he is just kind of like a weird guy. <laughs> like, sure. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't know that he came to steal her chart, but he does steal it. Because there's some weird shit going on. Uh, She has strange proteins in her DNA. And, you know, they analyze them in some way or, you know, I don't always know what those guys are doing. And they conclude that whoever was experimenting on her is done. And they say all that's left is a biological poison which has essentially left her with no immune system. That's the closest answer we have to why Scully is in the state that she's in. Right. And they basically say, you know, a person with a strong immune system probably would have a tough time fighting what this is. And Scully has no immune system. So they're basically like, we don't think she's going to survive this. We don't think that there's any way she's going to survive yeah it's um it is a a bleak prognosis here from the lone gunman um and yeah they're they tell him you know there's nothing you can do Mulder and Mulder's like well I won't just sit here he doesn't really do anything but you know you can tell he's not quite ready to give up Yeah, he doesn't do anything. He gets kind of, I don't know if I would say lucky, but basically he's visiting Scully and a nurse takes her blood and then some weird dude in a suit steals it and he chases after this person and then he runs into the person whose name I do not yet know. (laughs) Yes, Mulder's informant stops him in the garage gun to his head and is like you gotta stop like (laughs) um one of one of my favorite lines that he says to him is you're my tool i come to you when i need you and i was like whoa (laughs) that's you know a, a way different dynamic than we've seen before and clearly Mulder was not aware that this is what the dynamic was. He was trying to summon him last night. And this guy is like, uh, absolutely fucking not. That is not what this relationship is. I'm using you like. (laughs) Right. And he's very, um, I guess I would say he's very harsh with Mulder. He tells Mulder like you got the other guy killed, meaning deep throat. You got Scully killed. I'm not going to be next. I don't want to die. Like, he's being very harsh with him. He calls Mulder a schoolboy. He basically says Mulder has no concept of how deep this goes and what's going on. And the line that I really liked that he says is, I used to be you, but you're not me, Mulder. You don't have the heart. Yeah. That guy's a great fucking actor. Yeah, he's so good. He's That whole scene was great. I was like, Damn. 
Yeah, like basically what happens after this is that Mulder again goes after the guy that stole the blood. He, the guy who stole the blood kind of gets the upper hand on Mulder, but then the informant comes in and shoots the guy who stole the blood and basically says to Mulder, like, this is what you don't have the heart to do. This is why you're not me. This is why, like, you're not going to be able to do this. And I feel like that's a theme that's repeated later with the smoking man. And it seems like the forces that are at work here want Mulder to be more violent and more aggressive. And they basically want him to kill people. And that's their idea of like what getting in the game is here. Yeah, they definitely do. And it's kind of seems like they're like, trying to groom him or at least um, push him in that direction, whether it's by like seeming to work against him, even though they're maybe working with, like it's unclear like what their angle is, but they're, they seem to be taking various approaches to try to get Mulder to do what they want him to do. Like he's very much a pawn in this larger game. And that's why they haven't, shut down the X-Files and like them having this like fully because obviously they did but you know they brought it back but even doing that was kind of like oh it was just like kind of like stoking him and like sparking this anger so that he'd come back even more passionate but like they're the ones that did that to him and yet they're the ones like kind of just controlling the whole thing because if they really didn't want Mulder doing what he's doing they would kill him but like i think the smoking man has even said at this point that like that's not that's not what this is about they like need him right it's all very complicated but we get the sense several times in this episode that there's a lot that Mulder doesn't know which means that there's a lot that we don't know mhm yeah cuz we really mostly at this point only know what he knows you know, we've seen maybe a few scenes of the smoking man that Mulder hasn't been in, but they haven't told us much. Okay, so the next scene here, because really just like something important happens in every scene, is that Mulder, not Mulder, Scully's mom and Scully's sister are talking to the doctor. And they basically come to that, um, you know, Scully has a living will that Mulder watched her sign and she didn't ever want to live a life in a coma. So if there was no sense that she was going to wake up again, she wanted to be taken off of life support. And uh, Scully's mom and sister decide that that's the right thing for them to do, that they want to respect Scully's wishes. And even though I love her, they have to let her go. And it's a rational decision. It's a reasonable decision. Mulder is there and he's not happy with it. And I got like the distinct sense when I was watching this, how odd it was that Scully's coworker is involved in this conversation with the doctor. Like, yes, it's Mulder. Yes, we know that they love each other, but it's odd. And at the end of this conversation, Scully's mom calls it out and is like, 
Mulder, this is a moment for the family, but you can join us if you want, which is very nice for, of her to do. It's a, a very, it's a very heavy moment. Um, they are obviously discussing whether or not, you know, basically Scully will live or die. And yeah, her, her partner is just there. And I mean, I guess I get that even, I guess, in police forces and, uh, you know, government agencies such as the FBI, like your partner is like who you spend all your time with. Like they are, you know, the closest person to you in a lot of ways. And that I get, but it doesn't seem like it usually goes so far as being in the room when discussing whether or not she will have the plug pulled. Um, And I don't know, you know, like, yeah, I guess he was the witness to her will, but it doesn't really seem like that should actually be a mean that, you know, that he should be a part of part of this conversation. Um, but he is, and obviously, you know, it's the X-Files, it's it's Mulder's show. But um yeah, he he, he really shouldn't have been there. Um it is Mulder's show. I will agree with that. Yeah. It's, I mean, this show is not about the Scully family. So, you know, we, we had to have him in the scene because otherwise, what are we watching? Yeah. And Scully's family, again, I will say that I loved her sister in, in this scene. Like, she's basically just trying to tell Mulder, like, he's trying to argue like this isn't a natural thing that she's going through, which is maybe true. But Scully's sister is like, death is a natural thing. Like we don't want it to happen to her, but it's the most natural thing. What we're doing is the most human thing. We're respecting her and we're being kind to her by doing this. And obviously like we know that something more is going on here. And obviously like Scully isn't going to die, but everything that, Scully's sister is saying I was like yeah I agree with this is the decision with the knowledge that she has that she should be making yeah Scully's sister is incredible in that scene and truly our kind of like voice of reason and like um she's like guiding everyone she's like this is why it makes sense and like is you know sad but rational whereas like you know I think obviously her mother couldn't have really made that call on her own and um yeah Mulder's just kind of like well why don't we try experimental antibiotics and they're like (laughs) no (laughs) like And, like, okay, we get it. Mulder, like, has some information that, like, the doctors kind of aren't really talking about, like, you know, with this protein in her DNA that um, the lone gunman found. But it's, like, you don't know what that is or really anything. And he's just kind of, like, wanting them to, to try different things that, like, maybe, you know, wouldn't be typical of for a person in a coma and they're like, we're not going to just, like, keep her alive to put drugs in her to see what they do. Like, <laughs> and it's very clearly not what Scully would have wanted. Um, as literally her will states the opposite. Right. 
And then we go back to this kind of like dream sequence-ish that's not a dream, but it's Scully in the boat tied to the dock and the tie is untied and she's now untethered from the dock. And then the next time we see her, she's in this white room in a white outfit laying on the table and her dad's there. And at this point, I'm thinking like, did she actually die and they didn't show us? Like, is she... Is she dead? I didn't know. Yeah, it's very unclear because, like, it it seems like she's dead. But I guess because she's still, like, laying down and not, you know, like, she didn't walk into the room, which would indicate that, you know, her spirit has passed on and is now living in in the afterworld or whatever um, you'd want to call it. (laughs) But her dad... You know, because he's, like, dead alive. You know, you know what I mean. Um, he's dead, and he's, like, up and up and at him in this, in this <laughs> reality versus Scully. But it does kind of seem like you're like, oh, she's dead. She's going to wake up, and, and her dad's going to be here to, to greet her and welcome her into, you know, heaven or wherever they may be. But instead, her dad just kind of has, like, a little speech, which is nice, but it just feels like, I mean, I guess this episode is dealing a lot with like the mythology of the show. It's dealing with the smoking man and Mulder and like this whole conspiracy, but it's also very much dealing with like the Scully family dynamics. And we're just diving deep into that. And we see that here when her dad is like, you know, saying that he could never fully express his love when he was alive. And it's like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. It's very heavy. And we already know that Scully, when her dad died, was worried that he wasn't proud of her because she left being a doctor for being an FBI agent. Mm -hmm. Again, a questionable thing to be disappointed in. Um, But sure. And it did make me think, like, I'm sure that Scully must have been at least the favorite daughter. I don't know about the sons. I don't know what her brothers are up to. But her dad seems like a very, you know, strict, firm, probably also man of science and medicine. And I can imagine he was really happy Scully was becoming a medical doctor, whereas her sister is, you know, a a psychic um right that he maybe he maybe didn't understand her sister all that much yeah i i definitely agree with that she was probably the favorite in a lot of ways and that was probably also why she felt like he was so hard on her you know he just had a, a conflicted way of showing his love but i think you're right uh <laughs> But he does tell her in this scene, he says, we'll see each other again, or we'll be together again, but not now. And that's when I was like, okay, she's not dead. She's still alive. And he's saying, this is not your time. Yeah. And he sends her back, I guess, in some way. And um, I mean, thank God she's not dead. Am I right? Yeah. Someone's got to say it, okay? (laughs) 
we're just rationally talking about this as though it's not terrifying to think that Scully might die. (laughs) Well, obviously, at this point in time, well, you've already seen it. But for me, I'm like, well, there's 11 seasons and two movies. I know she's not going to die. But I did briefly wonder, like, is she going to die and then come back to life? Is this even her real body? Is this like a duplicate place there by the aliens, which wouldn't make sense. But I did briefly consider it. I mean, and neither of those things are true. Yeah. Anything could have happened, really. It could have. Yeah. Could have been a clone, a duplicate, just her body. But like, they're like, oh, it's not alive. It's different. It's stuffed animals. Um, because clearly this hospital is not great at being a hospital. They can't figure out anything that's going on with Scully. Um, anyway, you know, Skinner and the Smoky Man have a pretty nice scene together. So a pretty big thing happens here, and I don't know, I don't know how to, like, get into it. I don't want to talk about every single scene but I guess the gist of it is that Mulder has this conversation with Skinner about the smoking man and is very angry and I think he kind of like alludes to him wanting to kill the smoking man wanting to at least like know where he is so that he can bring him to justice and um, in a very sneaky way, Skinner ends up giving Mulder the smoking man's location and Mulder goes to his apartment. And the first thing that I will say is the smoking man's apartment sucks. It's not very nice. And I assume it's maybe because he moves around a lot, but I just want to reiterate that it sucks. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> a shitty apartment. I would imagine he probably does move around a lot. Maybe, you know, he just has like a few locations where he spends time, but like they're not where he really lives because, you know, he's so scary and dangerous and important that he just can't stay in the same place. Um, But this particular space that we see him in is um, pretty shitty. This is not... The reaction I should have had to it, but seeing where he lives, and again, he very much like Mulder is just kind of like in front of his TV smoking, maybe drinking a beer, and that's like his night. And seeing him in this kind of empty, shitty apartment just watching TV made me feel kind of sad for him. Um, uh, Like everything I've seen of him uh, tells me he's a bad person, but I was like, wow, his life's really empty and also he's not even making a lot of money or if he is making a lot of money he's not in the position to use it and nothing's really good about his life and he seems very lonely yeah it does paint a very sad picture of his life and who he is and it's kind of like I kind of had the thought like how could he be you know so involved in plotting all these things and like seemingly so evil but like he has time to just like you know kick back and and drink a beer in the evenings like (laughs) he's got a lot of free time on his hands for someone that is like so deeply involved in a government conspiracy like true and we're kind of seeing him in this scene with his guard down which is the first time we've seen that Mulder takes him by surprise is pointing a gun at him 
And, you know, he's kind of caught pretty unaware and is again in his living space by himself. I don't, I, it just feels like distinctly vulnerable to me in a way that we haven't seen him. Yeah, definitely. It like strips down the, uh, like appearance, the, yeah, I guess it like it strips down his walls in a lot of ways. Like we see this very specific character of him, like almost a caricature of like evil guy always smoking cigarettes and like that's really who he is. And now we're like, oh, here's him out of context, not in the midst of, you know, threatening someone at the FBI or outside of the FBI or plotting a kidnapping or whatever the fuck he may do on a daily basis, he's just like a man at home. And it's like, I think I imagine jarring even for Mulder to probably, I mean, he obviously went there on purpose, but like still to like see him in this state, I'm sure provokes kind of a different response than if he were to, you know, like run into him in a dark parking garage, like, probably would have shot him a lot quicker (laughs) right because he's not like a myth anymore he's not you know this like unknown figure he's just a person in his apartment and even what he's saying to Mulder in this scene when Mulder is I Mulder I think has come there with the idea that he's gonna shoot him and the smoking man is again kind of telling Mulder, like, you don't understand what's going on here. Like you have no idea what is happening. And we get the sense from the smoking man that despite him having done despicable things, he thinks that what he's doing is right. And I think that he thinks that he's protecting something. He says that like everything would fall apart if people knew what he knew. And Mulder asks him, who are you to to decide what's right? And he says to Mulder, who are you? And I think that that's, you know, like we're talking about insanely huge things, like telling the whole world that aliens exist and how are either of these two men qualified to decide that and who is? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, neither of them, I'm pretty confident. But it is kind of, like, interesting to almost see Mulder be put in his place in a way. Because it's, like, and we've kind of talked about this before, but it's, like, what is Mulder's real goal? Like, what the fuck is he really trying to do? Because, really, he's trying to get his sister back. Like, that is what Mulder is about. But along the way it somehow became important for him to just expose that aliens are real, probably just so that everyone will believe him and not think that he's crazy for saying his sister is abducted by aliens, but like simultaneously somehow not thinking through the fact that like, if you tell everyone that aliens exist in this way and are involved in like these things, like there's a huge, like consequence to that and I get you know you don't want your government to keep secrets from you but like don't you a little bit (laughs) like isn't there something that like 
we don't all need to know. Maybe. Definitely. I would say definitely. I think there are probably many things that have happened that I'm glad that I don't know. And certainly there's like an ethical line of like, what kind of atrocities are you hiding? And obviously that should be brought to light so that people could be held accountable. But if we're talking about something like there are intergalactic beings who pose a threat to us that we couldn't possibly challenge or, you know, have any um, chance of winning against. I don't think I would want to know that. Yeah. You know what? You guys deal with it and don't let me know. And, you know, maybe someday if like you guys came to an agreement and, and we're going to be safe, you can like tell us then because then it would be like, well, that's crazy. That was happening. But like, I didn't have to have the stress of it as it was happening. Um, but the point is Mulder doesn't think about any of this sometimes, most of the time. And we see the smoking man basically be like, dude, like what you want to happen would cause chaos. Like, and you can't, you can't know it. If, if this, like, you can't be involved also if, like, this is how you want it to go down. And then he says to him, you can kill me now and you'll never know the truth. And that's why I'll win. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's right. He's absolutely right. And he also tells Mulder, again, he's like, you know, I kind of respect you now more. Mulder you're in the game now basically like you you showing up and threatening me and finding me makes me respect you more Mm -hmm. but Mulder doesn't kill him he does not kill him uh he's standing there with a gun to his head and (laughs) the smoking man is either quite confident that he's not going to kill him or just like he said you know like he's like you can do it but you know, you're not going to get what you want. He just like sits there and lights a cigarette. And I was like, I can't the confidence that one must have to light a cigarette with a gun to your head is just, you know, unimaginable to me. They don't call him the smoking man for nothing. No, they don't. We haven't even kind of breached the big moment with Skinner here, which So Mulder doesn't kill the smoking man, but he comes back to his office and he prints a letter of resignation to Skinner. And then Skinner comes down to his office and rips it up and tells him that it's unacceptable. And to make a long story very short, basically tells Mulder that he, Skinner, was in Vietnam. He chose to enlist and he went to Vietnam and he was in a situation where his whole, I guess, troop, we've talked about if that's the right word or not before, and I'm just going to go with it. His whole troop is killed and he is also maybe killed because he explains this situation of him being above himself and watching himself and seeing all of his friends' dead bodies, seeing himself be put into a body bag. And then the next thing he remembers is that he woke up two weeks later in a Saigon hospital. And he tells Mulder, 
I don't have the courage to look any further beyond that, but you do. And that's why you resigning is unacceptable. Yeah. He also shot a 10 year old. Um, in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I just felt important. like we shouldn't leave that out because I would imagine that's part of what in, you know, part of what he's saying is like, you know, like he's seen that and he's seen and he's participated in it in a way that he was probably not expecting to have to and not proud of, but like, he's like, you know, if this can happen and even the fact, you know, like he shot this kid because, you know, he was sent into their camp covered in grenades. Like the kid was dying anyway, but like if someone can do that and if he can do that, like he does not want to know what else there is. And, um, I guess it just, it feels like two distinctly different things to me. Like there's the guilt of him having killed a 10 year old in his time in the army and having killed all the people that he killed. But then there's also the experience of like, he died and he was outside of his body and he saw outside of his body and he saw himself be put in a body bag and then he was just alive. You know, and there's, I think there's probably, I guess, two things there that he's scared to look any further into, which is one, maybe why am I still alive when this kid that I killed isn't? Why did I come back? Um, What happened with that experience in general? How is it even possible that I saw myself die and then came back to life? And also just like, you know, the, the depth of human cruelty in that he killed a 10 year old boy and how, how, how are there people out there who can do that? And how was he one of them? There really is. I mean, there's a lot going on in Skinner's story. It's a lot to unpack. I imagine it's a lot to hear for Mulder. Uh, it's clearly a lot for Skinner to walk around with. And I think it's one of, I mean, it's the first time we're seeing a glimpse into what Skinner's life experience has been and how it informs, you know, who he is as a person. Um, and I guess, you know, the point really is that this experience and every aspect of it has contributed to him knowing his limits and, you know, but also understanding, I guess, that like other, other people need to be able to go past what he's comfortable with in order to find answers. But he just is aware that it's not going to be him. Right. And Mulder is just like completely slack jawed when hearing this story. It does seem like it's a lot for him to take in. And it is a lot. It's, it's a very heavy and long monologue in an episode that has a lot of heavy moments. But this is also what makes Mulder realize that Skinner is the person who gave him the smoking man's location. 
Yes, he is. He very sneakily gave it to him and, uh, yeah, was basically giving Mulder the go-ahead to kill the smoking man if that's what he needed to do. Um, you know, he he wasn't going to stand in the way. He would, in fact, facilitate it because, as we've said, he also clearly hates the smoking man and, you know, would not particularly be torn up if something were to happen to him his life would actually probably be a lot easier if the smoking man was not in it right and i don't know if he actually expected Mulder to kill him i mean i definitely think that he thinks that it's a possibility and he wanted to give Mulder the option but i think he also just wanted to be like all right Mulder, you go and try to find the answers that you can find and if that means you kill him then that means you kill him but I guess I I doubt that Skinner is surprised that Mulder didn't kill him. I definitely agree. And I think Skinner's probably also experienced the smoking man in a similar way where it's like he's horrible and yet at the same time you're like I can't like he's he's not quite the villain that you want him to be almost. Cause like just in him saying to Mulder, like, yeah, who are you to say that what's the right way to go about really anything, but specifically, you know, the reveal of the existence of aliens essentially. But yeah, like I think Skinner was not surprised that Mulder didn't kill him and probably maybe knew that Mulder needed to like go and see him and talk to him to, you know, kind of move past this moment. Yeah. He needed to have the option available to him and he needed to like find out for himself whether he could do it or not. Right. And like he said, try and get an answer that, you know, he didn't even really get other than that there is something more for him to find out in some way. So I kind of need your help understanding the next thing that happens, which is that this informant comes to Mulder and I'm kind of confused about, I didn't fully catch what he tells Mulder. Basically what I got was he tells Mulder, okay, these people are going to, raid your house basically like tomorrow night and you have to be there and you have to kill kill them and I think that what he's saying is like I this I'm giving you the chance to get justice for what happened to Scully but you have to kill them otherwise they're not going to face consequences and that this is like the only way that they face consequences is that right like I think I'm confused about who the people showing up to his department who he's supposed to kill are um i (laughs) i wish i could could give you more clarification um my understanding is the same as yours um of what his informant was telling him i can't remember who like in terms of what i know going forward like who the people are and why this is the way that this is being framed. 
Um, and I, I apologize for that. As we know, my um, memory of these earlier seasons is a, is a little foggy. Um, but I can't wait to find out with you and then be like, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> we should change the description of this show because we're really just experiencing this together. And I, I think that's beautiful. And then, like, you know, around, like, I feel like season four, I've, like, really got it. But the time we get to season four will I'll be forget. a few years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you guys, there's a lot of fucking episodes of this fucking show. I mean, but the point here is that Mulder is considering doing what his informant tells him. But Scully's sister shows up and says that basically Scully's not doing well. And you should go be with her now because we don't know how much longer she has. And Mulder is like... Oh, I would, but I can't. I have other things to do right now. And Scully's sister really confronts him about this and says a lot of things to him that, again, I'm just like, wow, I love her. She tells the truth. She's so brave. She's so bold. She stands up to this guy she just met. Um, And she's like, she's like, I don't have to be a, a psychic to see that you're in a dark place. And then she's basically like, you need to tell Scully how you feel. Um, you know, like, why can't you go talk to her? Yes, she's like dying, but you need to say this stuff to her. Why can't you express your feelings? I expect more from you. Scully expects more from you, which is just, I, I'm i in love with her. Yeah. Yep. 100% everything you said. Um, I second that notion. She is absolutely incredible. She's the character we need, um, especially in this episode, in this scenario. Without her, you know, nothing, nothing happens. Like, Mulder would be, you know, off doing all this other dumbass shit. And um, he needs to be set straight in this way where, you know, she's like fucking prioritize her in an emotional way instead of, you know, trying to get justice. It's like, that's not, that's not actually going to help you and it's not going to help her. And this is like your only chance as it stands right now to, you know, be with her. And, you know, he's doing all this other stuff because he's so upset, but he's also trying to distract himself in a way by, you know, like chasing all these other leads down and kind of like following the guilt and the anger. Cause he's, he's very guilt. He feels very guilty that she's in this position because of him. Um, which I do get, but at the same time, there's a line earlier where he says that like, you know, she didn't, she didn't know the, the, the risk, the consequence. And I would disagree with that. I think that she was pretty aware of what might happen to either of them based on her seeing Deep Throat get shot at like a five foot range while she was like down the street. Um, But Mulder's guilt is like kind of preventing him from 
allowing himself to be emotionally vulnerable with her, even if she's in a coma. Yeah, I think it's really beautiful what they're showing here and what Scully's sister is confronting him about, because I think it's like very common when someone you love is dying or in a situation where they may die. I think a lot of people you know, or maybe focused on trying to find solutions or how can I fix things or like, what can I do to make this better, which is in a way, definitely a distraction when it's really like, no, what you need to do is just be present with the person that this is happening to. They need you. They expect this from you. And yes, it's hard, but it's also not all about you. And Scully needs Mulder to be there. And she needs him to be present in what's happening to her. And Scully's sister comes through. Fuck yeah, she does. And God bless her. Really God bless her. Because after that, Mulder doesn't wait around at his apartment. He doesn't kill whoever's supposed to show up. He goes to Scully and he sits with Scully overnight. And he says, Scully, I'm here. I don't know if this is going to help. But I'm here. He shows up. Just like he was told to and just like he needed to. For him and for Scully, really. It's a really beautiful scene when he, sh- when he shows up at the hospital and he's talking to her uh, while she's still unconscious. Again, great acting by David Duchovny. He's just nailing it. Yeah, truly. And then... We have the scene following where he goes home after, you know, their moment in the hospital together and just like falls to the floor sobbing. And I was like, oh no. I mean, it is so heart wrenching. And again, of course, beautiful and well acted, but like a very heavy moment of like, but almost like a moment of relief, at least for me, of like seeing him emote and feel the experience of of what's been happening versus, you know, like last episode, distracting himself by with sex with a vampire and, you know, all of these other, you know, coping mechanisms that he's been latching on to the past few episodes and just finally like sinking in to the reality of what's happened right he's he's processing and that's beautiful and you know he comes into his apartment and his apartment has clearly been raided people have been there and destroyed it and you can see that every like his apartment is just trashed and it's almost like it I I think he barely even registers that because he just comes in and like you said falls to the floor sobbing about what's happening with Scully. Yeah. It's like that the circumstance of his, his home doesn't, you know, compare to what's actually happening. And I think the only, obviously like the only reason he was able to get to this place where like that mattered less was because of, you know, Scully's sister encouraging him to go to the hospital and him actually doing so. And, being there and experiencing that moment um, instead of, you know, obviously continuing to follow this crazy game really that everyone else is playing. Yeah. 
And then, of course, we see another crazy shot, which I think is just... I think it's the fault of what was possible with special effects back then, but we basically see Scully's, the lower half of her body in the bed, and it's kind of superimposed over a forest. And then the forest slowly fades, and she's just fully in the hospital. And then Mulder gets the call, which we can only assume is Scully's awake. She, in fact, did not die. She came back. Uh, she did not die. Uh, she, you know, miraculously pulled through. Mulder appears in the room and, you know, we hear Scully say to her sister, not Fox, Mulder. And, you know, she's just in there, barely awake, trying to defend his name. Um. Because that's that's the kind of person that she is. And they have another sweet moment, you know, where she says to him, she thanks him and says that she had the strength of um, his beliefs, um, which was a reference to what he had said to her when she was in her coma. And I thought that was an incredibly powerful uh, I mean, just a beautiful moment, but a great way of showing that, like, she was there, she was listening, because up until then, we just had kind of Melissa's uh, insistence that she is, she was there with them. And, you know, obviously the imagery in the boat, but it's nice to have kind of a uh, clarification and reassurance from Scully and then, of course, following that line, Mulder's like, well, I have your necklace. And gives her her necklace back, and they hold hands, and it's, it's just... It's very sweet. It's very... It's very emotional. Um, and also, this is kind of not the point, but I do just want to say that I thought... Jillian Anderson looked absolutely beautiful, which is like, she's just coming out of a coma. Um, she shouldn't look great. And she doesn't have any makeup on. She's, you know, fresh faced. And I was just like, she just, she looks so beautiful. She's gorgeous. Yeah. She's just coming out of a coma, but also like following an abduction, like <laughs> very, very, uh, strange circumstances that you know one would not expect to look so fresh-faced and yet she she does you know she's stunning and I don't even question and I don't even I don't even write it off as television I just think that Scully is just that gorgeous she definitely is and now something that we haven't mentioned throughout the whole episode is that while Scully was in a coma we saw many scenes of this very nice nurse talking to her and saying, you know, Skelly, this isn't your time. Skelly, we're here. Skelly, come back. All, all this very sweet stuff. And the whole time I was like, what is up with this nurse? Who is this nurse? And then at the very end of the episode, Scully is talking to the other nurse that we've seen. And she says, Hey, where's nurse Owens? She was very nice to me. Um, I'd love to talk to her. 
And the nurse is like, I've worked here for 10 years. There's no nurse Owens. So who was that nurse? Uh, who was it? I know there was, I guess, an, an, some angel. I mean, this woman, like, kissed Scully on the head at one of the scenes. She was like, it's okay. And, like, gave her a sweet kiss on the forehead, which, you know, is a weird thing for a nurse to do. And may I think, I don't know, maybe not. Seems a little intimate. But um, I, she's some sort of angel or spirit guide, I think, of Scully's that, you know, was protecting her and, and leading her in um, in the right direction. That's beautiful. I mean, what an exhausting episode, though. <laughs> it is. And I was just thinking, like, is there anything we haven't covered? I don't think so. I think we really got into it. There was just so many important parts of this episode. We learned so much. We learned a lot. Uh, we went on an emotional journey in a lot of a lot of ways, um, and you know, are we any closer to knowing the truth of what happened? Not necessarily, but maybe we'll get there. It doesn't feel like we're that close to it. No, no, no. But it's season two, you know. <laughs> right. And I can only assume that in the next episode, Scully will be will be back working at the X Files, and we will not talk about any of this. Um, I think that that's an accurate uh, assessment, especially based on the fact that the next episode, episode nine, uh, is called Firewalker, described on Hulu as a parasitic. Silicon-based life form is discovered by a team of scientists researching a volcano. Um, I don't understand what any of that means. <laughs> so I can't wait to find out next week. Aliens, if you're out there, we'd first like to thank you for returning, Scully. And, um, I mean, really, I guess, yeah, come get us. We're scared. 